Cause my niggas, I stay bulletproof. Bulletproof. Wait, hold on, tell me what got into you. Into you. I search around the room like, where you? Where you? Friend, don't step to me, I'm like, who you? Who you? And you can say what you wanna say. But I stay on this shit, that's everything. Yeah, cause my nigga, I stay bulletproof. Bulletproof. So tell me, nigga, what got into you? Into you. Into you. What's good, everybody? This be your boy Miller, aka Miller the One, and your girl Q, aka Qlicious, and y'all we back for another episode of Making Sense of Nothing, season three, episode twenty three, and I guess that's all I have to say for the intro. I don't know. Maybe if Q is here, <laughs> she can um let me know for sure. But no, I'm just playing. I just had to throw a shot at Q. Um, I did confirm with her, everybody, that she will be back um at the start of season four. So that's a good thing. Um, but since we're here, we're going to go ahead and finish with the story of my life and um where we left off at is going into I won't say going into the Miller part of my life but it's the coming to that part. It's like coming up to it. You feel me? Um it's like that that in between where still LaRoss and Miller like it's somewhere in that area. But um, before I get started with that, um, just want to let everybody know that last episode, um, once again, I left things out on purpose, um, mainly because, like I said, it's like it's like, first of all, it it it'll take more than an hour, hour and thirty minutes if I was to put more details in it, and then secondly, I've want to do something with with it and I don't want to like go into a lot of detail and then if I end up doing something with it I don't have nothing to put in there you feel me so that's the thing so it's that and then all the other stuff like before um still got to confirm with other people if they feel comfortable with me talking about it things like that but um, all in all, I hope y'all really enjoying um. I know my history, I guess you can call it. Um. Seeing you know my history through my memory and through my eyes. But uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get into this here, um, where we left off at. My sister tricked us, me and my brothers. Um, into going to the police station thinking we're going to file a police report and we end up going to foster care. Um, now this part of my life I remember very well. Um, a lot of it in detail, a lot of it, um, I still have like dreams and random thoughts about it as some of the things because it's just weird how things happen. Um, my sister, in a way, she lied to us about saying everything would get better. And in a way, she told us the truth about saying everything would get better. Um, 
But when they took us from my mom and they, um, HRS took us to a foster home, we went to this foster home in Goose. Um, so very familiar area, you know. So we went to this foster home in Goose. And when they took us there, we were staying with this lady. I forget her name. But um, she owned three houses on the block she lived in. She lived in the middle house. And then she owned the two on the side of her, one on the left, one on the right. Um, facing north, the one on the right, her daughter and grandkids lived there. The one on the left, she rented it out as a rooming house. Look at that. We can never get away from these rooming houses, y'all. And then um, the one she lived in, that's where she kept, she had her three adopted daughters who used to be foster kids with her. And then me and my three brothers. Um, and when we moved there, we was, I won't say we was upset. We was, we was upset because we was away from our mom, but we was happy because our grandmother stayed on the corner. <laughs> like she stayed on the corner across the street. And then my dad, come to find out, stayed directly across the street from us. So we got taken away from our mom, but we was we was able to be around our grandmother and be around our dad, who we didn't see in a good while. Um, I remember he was dating this lady named Black, and she's somebody who we used to hear our mom argue with him about before. Saying that he had a whole nother family and, you know, the only reason he was acting the way he was acting with her is because uh, he got him a new bitch, <laughs> black, you know, and everything that she used to call her. Your, your new bitch, black, and then things like that. And she was, so it it was that. Um... I don't go into much details about my mom in none of these stories because, like I said, I want to leave it out. But I don't want nobody to think, like, that my mom was all bad and everything. Um, I'll just give y'all a description of her. My mom, um, dark skin. She had a shortcut, always kept her hair like a baby fro. Um, short. <laughs> Very short. I don't think my mom was no taller than probably five three at the most. Five between five feet and five three. But my mom was short. Um she 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 was like heavy set. She wasn't like 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 big, like sloppy or anything or or big, but she was heavy set. Um I don't know. You know how people call it big boned, but uh, she was—I don't know—because she was too small to be big boned. I don't know what you want to call it, whatever. <laughs> but um, that was my mom. My mom was always um, cheerful, always happy, um, very friendly, very, very, very friendly. Um, my mom drank a whole lot. She always drank. Um, the those blue cans of beers, the bull, she used to drink those things, or and 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 the 
Colt 45. She drank those all the time. Um, me and my brothers never got a whooping by our mom. Um, it was always my dad or my grandma or my auntie that did the whoopings. My mom never hit us. She just couldn't stand it. Um, my mom was very superstitious. Um, very, very superstitious. You couldn't split a pole. You couldn't split any object. If all of us are in a group and we're walking together, and we walk, if the person in the front walked to the left of the pole, everyone must walk to the left of the pole. <laughs> if you didn't, my mom would make you turn around and go back and go on the right side of the pole. Um, my mom didn't believe in you dragging your feet. That bothered my mom so much. My mom would pop you upside the head if you drug your feet. <laughs> She's always say, my mama never, my mama ain't raised no foot draggers, and I'm not raising no foot draggers, so pick your feet up. So um, that, my mom was big on respect, um, no talking back, um, not being disrespectful to elders. Um, my mom used to be like, um, if you was in front of a church, you not supposed to have nothing but good thoughts. You can't say anything bad, do anything bad if you was in the presence of a church. You don't have to be in the church, but if the church was there, you can't say nothing bad while you was in while you was by that church. You couldn't you're not even supposed to think anything bad while you was by that church. Um and respect for elders, like my mom was real big on that. So um, I have I had a lot of core values that is still inside of me to this day. And that's why so many people ask me, like, they don't understand, like, how can you be from Miami? Because there's no way in the world you from Miami, Miller, because of how you is. Like, you're very polite. You, you know, you're super friendly. All the things that's not Miami. <laughs> Um, that's supposed to be me. That's what they say. And I'm like, nope, born and raised in the county of day. You feel me? But, um, yeah, that's all my mom. You feel me? That's Southern hospitality. All my mom. I get those things from my mom. So I just wanted to like, you know, go back and say that because I know I left a lot of this out, um, of it. But then I thought about it like, Miller, if you not if you don't go there, then you're gonna paint every paint your mom out as to be this bad woman and everything. Um, and not just you know somebody who was struggling with an addiction. And so I just wanted to let everybody know, like my mom was like the best, like real talk, she was the best. Um, but yeah. So let's say so we 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 was we was at the foster home. We stayed across the street, directly across the street from my dad, and then my grandma stayed on the same street but on the corner. And it wasn't really a corner; it curves. the The street curved and not actually turned. It curved around, <laughs> so it went like from east to west, and then it curved southward. And my grandma stayed on the southward part of the street when it curved, like right out there it curved, right on that southward part, that southeast side of it, she stayed on over there. Um, so we was able to go and see our grandma 
every day go see our dad. When he come from work, we see him. Hey, dad, did it? go over there and talk to him and stuff. Used to ask him why he won't get us and everything. And he was like, he can't because whatever his excuses was, told us, oh, but I'm going to get you guys one day, things like that. Um, the foster home we was in, um, to be honest with y'all, be, I'm going to be straight up front with y'all. It was shitty. Um, the house wasn't shitty. The house was real nice. Um, the lady we stayed with, she had, let's see if I can remember. It was her room and then two of the girls shared the room and the oldest girl had a room by herself. Then me and my brothers had our room and then there was a den, a kitchen and dining room, a TV room. And then, like, I guess that's another den. It was, like, it was in the back of the house right before you go outside to the patio. It was, like, another area that's similar to a den. I don't know you want to call that. But, um, yeah, it was like that. And she had all type of nice, like, like statues in the house and all type of whatnots on the, um, on, on the shelves and things like that. And um, we went there and she told us like, while y'all stand here, um, she went straight at us. I remember she told us like first day, while y'all stand here, y'all have to take a bath every day. <laughs> like, 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 I guess she was like, y'all are dirty, nasty, filthy little kids. Y'all have to take a bath every day. Um, I remember her saying that she was like, whatever happens in this house stays in this house. Um, oh, and she also told us if our mom or anybody in our family wanted to see us, she would allow them to see us. She won't make them go through, um, HRS to set up appointments, but we can't say nothing about it or she won't be able to do it. So she gave us this whole little rundown in the living room, like on day one. Um, they introduced us to everybody in the house. She had a husband who was disabled. Um, so she um, had, you know, he was in a wheelchair. He can, um, one of his hands, he couldn't open one of his hands. Uh, his left hand, to be exact, couldn't open his left hand. Um no, I am so lying. It was his right hand he couldn't open. I was just thinking about when he was driving. It was his right hand he couldn't open. Um, when he moved, he moved very slow. He was a very, very, very dark-skinned man. Um, shaved head. Um, had like a little... He had a beard and mustache, but it was low-cut, like lowly trimmed, like it didn't grow that much. And it was like salt and pepper um, in color. But, um, yeah, so she introduced us to everybody in the house. Um, we started getting used to it and everything. Um, one of the one of the, the adopted daughters started liking my brother, Peanut. Um, so I remember one day I, 
my brother, I got up and he wasn't in the bed. I'm like, where in the world is Peanut? And I started walking in the house in the middle of the night and I'm looking for him and something like just go ask one of the girls that they know where he at. And I go in there and my brother Peanut was hunching the girl in her room and they was like, Sinclair, don't say nothing. And I'm like, what? So you better say nothing. Then so I'm like, I'm not going to say nothing, but I'm going to go back in the room. And then, like, the older sister, she came to me, and she was like, you ain't going to say nothing, right? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to say nothing. And then she was like, if you don't say nothing, that mean you can do something. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go back to the room. And then so she was like, oh, oh, your brother gay, your brother gay, like that. And then... She was like, because I told him he can he can do something. He said he ain't want nothing. He must be gay. And I was like, whatever. Go back in the room. And then like, he gonna tell mama. He gonna tell mama, watch. And like that. So the next day, they was like, fucking with me. Like, you better not say nothing. You better not say nothing to mama about it. You better not say nothing to mama about it. And everything. Then um, The foster woman, her grandkids was around our age as well, and they 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 was over there and they was talking and they was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The oldest one, the oldest one, Saint Clair, he gay, he gay, like that, and because of because of um such and such was trying to let him hunch last night and he didn't want to, so he must be gay, and everything. I just honestly didn't feel comfortable being there. I wasn't trying to hunch. And I didn't even want to really be there and everything. And then um, as time went on, like I said, we found out that, oh, we stayed right where my grandma moved out and my dad stayed over there. So start settling in, things getting better. Um, I remember one day they was cooking this real big um, dinner, Sunday dinner, cooking a real big Sunday dinner. And... She had the big, she had them, did like, y'all know how the tables are where they have that, that piece in the middle that make the table extend to a longer table. She had them pull the table apart, like pulled it out and made it so it can be longer. So everybody can sit at the table. She was cooking up a storm in the kitchen. She had all the good stuff that's on the watch counter. And I remember I was so happy that, cause I haven't had like, food like that and God knows how long. Only time it was like when we when it was Thanksgiving or Christmas or something and we went to either our grandmother's house or somebody's house and we ate but never just oh because it's Sunday we finna have this big old Sunday dinner. And they was saying like the food was ready and everybody come to the table. And me and my brothers we came and she was like, No, y'all not sitting at the table Y'all going to sit on the floor. So she had newspaper spread out on the floor. Now, note, we was like, I think I was 11 or 12 years old at this time. I mean, my brother was like 10, 9 or 10, and my other brother was 8 or 9, whatever one. You feel me? So we only a couple of years. We only one and two years apart from each other. But... Yeah, we was old enough not to have to sit on the floor on newspaper. And what she did was she ordered us, it's not ordered us, but she went and got McDonald's for us. She got 
three small cups of water, the small value fries, and a hamburger. Not a cheeseburger, a hamburger. And she put that those three items on the floor in front of us and told us we had to eat that. And the food on the table was for the family. From that point on, I hated everybody in that place. Because I couldn't believe they went and had all that good-ass food there. Collard greens, cornbread, um, macaroni and cheese, and 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 chicken, and, and all different types. Just food, just ribs and everything just looking good. And they made us sit on the floor and eat some damn McDonald's fries, bur- a burger, and a cup of water. And I was so mad. I hated them after that. So um, fast forward to another day. We, we, we was going to the park. Well, not to the park. It was technically we went over to, to um, Pine Villa Elementary to go play basketball. And we was all there. And the girls was like, oh, we should play house. So we were like, all right, no problem. Um, me and my brothers, we used to play house all the time when we were staying with my mom and everything. That's how we used to hunch all the little neighborhood girls. <laughs> so um, we were like, yeah. So I'm like, heck yeah, let's play house. Um, one of the girls, it was it was the granddaughter. I wanted me and her to be like the mama and daddy for the fake family we had. Because I had a little thing for her. But they wanted me to be with the older daughter. And I just didn't like her. First of all, she started the room with me being gay. That's number one. And then number two, she used to just pick on me so much. So I didn't even want understand like why would she would want to do that knowing that we're going to end up hunching. Like we knew the only reason we played that game was that for that reason. And it was like, so why would she want to just like keep making it sure that it's me and her and I did not like her. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to play this game. I'm going to go I'm like, oh, I knew it. I knew you was gay. I knew it was gay. So the grandson came over and was like, oh, we knew you was gay. Oh, gay ass. And he like pushed me and I'm like, yo, don't push me. And then he was like, man, whatever, whatever. I'll push you again. So the girls, they like, what you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? Huh? Huh? What you going to do? Pump? What you going to do? And I was like, look, don't push me. So I'm like, I'm finna go. So they were like making like little crying noise. Like, eh, eh, I don't want to play. I'm finna go. Eh, I'm finna go tell mama. Eh, like that. And I was like, whatever, just keep walking. And he went to push me again. And when he went to push me again, I was so mad. I turned around and punched this kid in his face like three times. And I said, now leave me alone. And I walked off, and they was like, oh, and they all, like, ran up in front of me, went, and they went and told our foster mom that I jumped on the boy and beat him up for nothing. And I didn't want to tell her, oh, we was out there playing house, and they wanted me to hunch the girl, and I didn't want to, and he started bothering me, blah, blah. So she was like, oh, you put your hands on my grandson? Like, you go in, go in a room and all this here. You ain't eating no more for the day. So, like, stuck in a room, didn't get eat 
that day. Um, this was a weekend day. So I didn't even get to eat that day. I had to wait till the next day to eat, next day to come out the room. Um, so one day, her oldest um, adopted daughter boyfriend was at her daughter's house with her oldest granddaughter. And we seen it. We seen that it was that we knew, we already knew that both of them were sleeping with the same boy. But the girl didn't want to believe it until she seen the dude go in the house. And when she seen that, she went over there to go confront the granddaughter about it. And the granddaughter was like talking her junk to her. So they almost got in a fight. Um, everybody had to go and break them up, like, look, 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 break this up, break this up, and everything, and, um, we thought everything was good, then later on that day, the foster daughter went over there again, banging on the window, oh, bitch, you bet you won't come outside, bitch, you won't come outside, and she was like, don't get mad, because I'm fucking your man, he my man, nah, this is, he don't even want you, why you think he over here? Things like that. And we just sitting out there just like eating our popcorn, watching the show. You feel me? And it's like they going off with each other. So she roll her window up. The granddaughter roll up like, well, roll them. I'm saying up because, you know, how the window goes up to be uh, the house windows. They go up to go to be able to look out outside of them. So that's how it was. So she and she was hanging out the window and they were fussing and fighting. And the foster daughter went over and grabbed her, like, by her head or something. She had something close. Either it was her hair or something close to her head. But the girl couldn't pull back through through the window. And she was holding She was punching and punching her and everything. And the girl went to, like, pull away. And she got, she got back in. And the girl was like, bitch, come outside. Come outside. So the girl, she, like, tried to hit her with a broom through the window and jump. And the top window glass broke and everything, but they were still arguing, fighting. So she went to go, The I'm sorry, I got the, I keep saying she like it, it's not too, I'm sorry about that. But the granddaughter was leaning out the window, the adopted daughter, she went over to grab her again. And when she tried to grab the girl, the, the granddaughter, the granddaughter ended up grabbing her. And the granddaughter had her head, like, basically in the window. And she was just punching and punching and punching. And the girl reached up, the uh, adopted daughter, she reached up and took one of the broken shards of glass from the window and stabbed the girl in the back with it. And when she stabbed the girl in the back with it, everybody was yelling and screaming and they went to go tell the uh, our, our foster mom, like, hey, they this guy fighting. And she was like, get y'all ass in the house. Get in the house right now. So we all went in the house. She was like, she, she, she was like, go in there and wash your hands. Go wash your hands. Take the clothes off. She told her to take the clothes off. And they told her to give to this dude that worked at her rooming house. Told her to give him the bag of clothes and told him to go take the clothes somewhere and everything. And then told the girl she go wash her hands, go wash up to get the blood off of her. She like she'll go talk to her granddaughter and everything. Cause when the police come, 
they don't want to know what's going on. So then she came in, my brother, she said, when the police get here, uh, since y'all are foster kids, DCF is going to have to come. If y'all still want to be able to go to y'all grandma house and go to y'all daddy house, don't say nothing. Tell them nothing happened. Y'all don't know what happened. Let us handle that. Like that. So then she we were like, okay. She went over to her granddaughter and she told her granddaughter, you better not say nothing because if you do, um, she was like, if you do, I'm not going to be able to pay for the house and y'all going to have to move and find somewhere else to stay. Like that. So the granddaughter was like, okay, she gonna say that she was saying that she was gonna say it with somebody else. So she's telling all of us, like we all having this big ass conversation waiting on the police to get there. The police finally come, just like she said, um, HRS came as well. She's HRS lady said she had to talk to us. She talked to my two brothers first. I don't know what they told her. And then she came and she talked to me. And when she came and talked to me, I told everything. I had told my brother, I said, if the HRS lady come, I'm telling her everything. And they were like, no, LaRosse, don't do it. Don't do it. Because if we do, they're going to make us move. And I said, I don't care if we have to move. I'd rather be anywhere else than being here. So the HRS lady get to me, and she asked me what happened. And I told her everything in detail. I told her that they had the man go take the clothes somewhere. I told her that she stabbed the girl because they were sleeping with the same boy. I told them everything. So the lady was like, oh, my God, we have to move, y'all. So she went and left out, and then she came back in with some bags. And our foster mom was like, what's going on? She was like, oh, we're going to have to move them because of the incident that happened. And she like, I told her, and it was like, well, from what they told us, something did happen. And everybody was like, oh, I bet it was St. Clair. I bet it was St. Clair. His little sissy ass, his little sissy ass. I bet it was, he always telling, tell to tell ass like that. And I was like, so I don't care. We finna leave here, you know. So um, they took us away and they took us to this emergency foster home. So it's late at night. It's like 10, maybe later at night. And they take us over to this emergency foster home. Give me a second. Let me take a drink, y'all. That was good. So we're at the emergency foster home. And we get there. And this lady, she had this nice house. It was like on a hill. Um, nice little yard. We go in there. And she's very friendly. Black lady, tall. Um, very friendly. Her husband, very friendly. She had one son that was there. He was a little younger than us, but he wasn't that much younger than us. He had to be probably like seven or eight years old. And she was like, well, this is where y'all going to sleep. She was like, um, each one of y'all have a bed. She was like, here, um, here's a pillow. Gave each one of us a pillow. She gave us um, new sheets for the bed. She was like, so y'all can make up y'all self a bed. She was like, in the morning, um, we get up for breakfast at 9. Here's y'all some toothbrush. The toothpaste is there. She was like, um, did you guys take a bath tonight already? We told her um, no. She was like, okay, everybody's going to take a chance to take a bath. She was like, um, here's the remote to the TV. Um, she, she was like, here's, yeah, she gave us the, here's the remote to the TV, the remote to the VCR. And then she was like, the 
at the time, the most amazing thing I have ever seen. She said, and here's the remote to the laser disc player. And I'm looking like, what? And she said, and those are all the movies for the laser disc player. And I was like, a laser disc player? What the hell is a laser disc player? For those of you guys who don't know what a laser disc player is, before DVDs, there was this big-ass giant disc that looked like a record for a record player, but it was a big-ass giant DVD, and you put it in a big-ass giant DVD player, and it plays movies on it. Um, never seen one of these a day in my life. Never heard of one of these a day in my life until that day. Most amazing thing ever. Um, they had Friday, the first movie Friday on Laserdisc. And we took that and we put it in there. And oh my God, the best movie ever. How have we never seen or heard of this movie? Never heard of Friday. Never seen Friday None of that. This was literally our first time ever seeing Friday, hearing about Friday. And we watched that movie all night long. And then the next day, all day. And then the next day, on and on and on. We knew the words to Friday. Every word to Friday, we used to take turns. Which one of us going to be creative? Which one's going to be smoky? Who's going to be, who's going to say um, red line when red comes? Who's going to say the Hoochie Mama line, all type of junk. We like, every time we was alternate and see, and if you messed up a line, then you couldn't be that person no more. Was planning. But this lady, this emergency foster home was the, like, whoa. It was so much of an upgrade from leaving that other house. And this lady treated us so well. The next morning she got us up, like she said. She made breakfast. Everybody ate breakfast. She was like, and this is during the summertime, I remember because we wasn't in school, but um, I remember she told us, oh, um, when y'all finish eating, um, you guys can go outside and, you know, walk, don't walk past the stop sign. Uh, y'all can play in the yard, try not to throw any balls in the road. If one go in the road, uh, come get a, an adult so we can go get it, things like that. So like the day... After we did the same thing we did the day before, we watched Friday all day long. And then we went outside and we played and we came back in. And probably like after about a week, they said, oh, we found somewhere that would take all three of you. But it's only a temporary home because... We have to find someone who we have to find a place that's a full time foster home that will take all three of you guys together so we can keep y'all together. Because um, our caseworker came and she spoke to us. So she told us tomorrow we'll be coming to get you guys to take you to where you'll be at. But remember, this is just temporary until we find someone. But, you know, we're going to we're going to take you all somewhere good. So we were like, why we can't stay here? Why we can't stay here? And she was like, no, she's just emergency. Like, no one stays with her more than a week. They're just emergency home. It's when we can't find nowhere for the, for you guys to go. We bring you to a home like this until we can find somewhere. 
So she was like, the temporary one, you'll be there a lot longer, but you don't always stay there. You will most likely go somewhere else. And it was like, so we're going to keep looking to find a full-time home that is willing to keep you three together because we want to keep you three boys together. He was like, okay, no problem. So we go, the next day come, they come pick us up. They take us to Perrine, um, which is from Ghouls. If you took US-1, it's probably a 10, 15-minute drive north um, on the expressway. It's probably a five-minute drive north uh, from Ghouls. But um, a part where I have never lived at before. We've been to Perrine. No Perrine is. Only been there before this time. Probably been to Perrine probably twice before then um heard of it a lot but never lived there until then so we move into Perrine um right off of 170th Terrace um we move into this house um with Mr. and Mrs. Harris um our foster mom was Betty Harris. Our foster father was Paul Harris. When we got to the house, they welcomed us as, you know, like we was family. Like, hey, how you doing, guys? Let us show y'all where y'all bedroom is going to be. Showed us to our bedroom. They was like, is these all the clothes y'all have? We was like, yeah. They were like, are they clean or they're dirty? We were like, most of them clean. She was like, no problem. Leave them right here. I'll, I'll wash them um, tomorrow. And we was like, but all of them not dirty. She said, don't worry, I'll wash them all. So we left our bags there. She showed us our room. The same thing that the other lady, she came, she brought us sheets. She brought us a blanket, a pillow, pillowcase. Told her this is for y'all beds. Make up your beds. We made up our beds. She brought us toothpaste, deodorant, um, gave us our own towels, gave us washcloths. For the shower, she walked us around the house. She showed us everything. She introduced us to her husband, Paul, and um, her granddaughter was standing there, Trina. She was older than us. She was an older. She had just graduated high school. Um, they had. She she was introducing us to everybody. Um, her two sons was there, Wendell. Um, Wendell and Pat, they was there. Um, her two daughters was there, Marge and um, Loris. They was there. Um, Marge and Loris' kids was there too. And they knew he was coming. They had everything ready. And they greeted us and they brought us in. And she was like, are y'all hungry? And we was like, oh, we ate before we left. And she was like, okay, well, I'm going to cook dinner, this, this, and that. She was like, um, we don't put TVs in the rooms, so we have a TV room, so y'all can go in the TV room and be on the TV. And what she told us, we have rules here, we have things to do, we don't sit in front of the TV all day. So we're going to make sure that y'all learn and not be stuck in front of the TV. We was like, okay, yes, ma'am. So we went. Went over, um, looked at TV. She told us time for us to go to bed. We went to bed. The next day we get up, she called us over into 
So I'm going to give you all the layout of the house. When you walk into the house, into the front door, the front door face south. Um, you walk into the front door, there's the living room. And then if you was to go to the right of the living room, you'll run into their room, their granddaughter room, and a bathroom to the right. If you go to the left, you'll run into the dining room. And then to the left of the dining room was a den. And then if you was to go north from the dining room, there was the kitchen. And then in the kitchen, there was a door to the left that took you into a room. Now, if you was to go back up through the kitchen into the into the dining room and now go to the right of the dining room, there is this other open area. <laughs> There's this other open area where there was a bookcase with books and encyclopedias and everything and and a place with toys and stuff. And there was a big closet. And then there was a door to the side of the house. And then there was a room. And that was our room. And if we was to, from that open area, our room was west. <laughs> and if you was to go north, from that open area, you're walking to the TV room. And the TV room had a sliding glass door at the back of it. Um, so we had, that was the house and everything. So we was in there. She called everybody up into the den. And she told us, she was like, every day y'all have to read for two hours. Every day you have to read for two hours. And then... You, we have to watch something educational for two hours. And then we can watch two hours of any TV we wanted before we had to go to bed at night. She had everything planned. Um, she said, also, we don't want y'all to think that y'all will never be able to go back to your mom. We don't want to try to replace your mom or your dad, but we have a lot of grandkids and they're all y'all age and they'll come here. You can call, y'all can call us whatever y'all want to call us. Y'all can call us, um, Mr. Mr. or Mrs. Harris. Y'all can call us, um, mom or dad. Y'all can call us granddad or grandma it's up to y'all we said granddad and grandma they said okay no problem so from that point on that was grandma and granddad that was it that's what we called them um she also told us in this household we go to church we serve the lord we do the lord's work we help people in need and we get good grades and and we don't get in trouble. Okay, no problem. Then she said, okay. So she said, tomorrow I'm going to take y'all to the church, show y'all the church, show y'all the dining room. 
let y'all know what you're going to do. They told us everybody's have, we all have chores that we have to do. Um, we all going to have to cut the grass, help cut the grass at the house and at the church and everything. So we was like, okay, this is new. We never had no type of stability like this ever in our life where everything was planned out. And, um, we was just okay, okay, okay. Cause it like real talk, other than our mom and David, we really had no one in our life ever to just like basically say, hey, we are gonna we're here for you. We're gonna try to do the best we can with you. Now my grandma, like I said, my grandma take good uh, took good care of us and everything, but to hear somebody is only her, David, and my mom. I know me, I only remember hearing David and my mom saying things like that openly to us, even though my grandmother did it without saying it. But to hear somebody actually say it was only my mom, only hearing my mom and David because my mom used to always tell us stuff, my mom used to always tell me. She used to say, Ross, no matter what happened to me, no matter what happened to anything, you always take care of your brothers. You always make sure that your brothers um, have what they need. That's your job. And then she told my brothers, and then y'all make sure y'all look out for y'all big brother. She like, because when it's all said and done, y'all are all y'all have. And my mom used to always tell us that y'all are all y'all have, so y'all have to be there for each other. She said, because there are going to be times when nobody else is going to want to be there. No one else is going to want to um, be there for you and want to do anything for you. And y'all always have to be each other's backbone. So that was something we took from my mom. And still to this day, all my mom kids are like that. So to hear someone else tell us that, was just like, I know for me, it was just the best. So I was willing to do whatever they said we had to do. And from there, y'all, life became the best ever. Um, Our grandmother and grandfather took us places we'd never been. Um, We went to places that we only went if it was a school field trip. We went to the zoo, to the sea aquarium. We went to camp. We went all, we, the first time ever leaving Miami-Dade. Well, at the time, it wasn't Miami-Dade. It was just Miami, the city of Miami. First time ever leaving Miami or Dade County um, with them. Um, We went to church every day. Well, I'm lying. We didn't go to church every day. We went to church more days out of the week than we went to school most of the time. Um, we would be at church most of the time, six days a week. We was there six days a week. It could have been seven, but, um, our granddad told our grandma, like, yeah, you got to like, get them a break on this. Um, we had, they, we got to let them be able to stay home for one of them. But we used to go to church on Mondays. On Mondays, it was um, women's night. We would go to church then because while they did the women's night thing, they had um, like 
I don't know what you want to call it. I want to say it's like, y'all know how Sunday school is, but it was on Monday. We have that. And then if anything was going on with the youth, it was like a youth thing. There it is. It's for the youth. So when the when the wives and of all the people, all the men that went to the church came there for, for women's night, the kids would be there doing the youth ministry stuff. Also, uh, if they if they was needing people to join the choir, if they was going to be doing something for the church, helping somebody in the church out with something. That's what we was doing there during those times on Mondays. On Tuesdays, it was youth night. It was for the youth. It was for choir rehearsal and things like that. On Wednesdays, it was men's night. We was there doing for men's night. Same thing, the youth stuff when if you was kids. On Thursdays, um... We used to go there for, I forget what Thursdays was, but Thursdays it was something. Fridays was our day off. We didn't go to the church. I don't think we ever really went to the church on a Friday other to just like go put some stuff there or dropping something off. But like actually having church, we didn't go there. Saturday, we go to the church in the morning to get everything set up at the dining room hall and everything set up at the church. We did. Um, we had a program called Feeding the Needy. Um, we would do that, and then Sunday we would go to church, actual church, um, from ten, from ten to eleven or whatever. A little before eleven was um, Sunday school, and then from eleven to one was church. So we was at church. Most of the time, six times out of the week, <laughs> uh, we was at church doing something at the church um, the whole time we was there. So, and it was refreshing. We, me and my brothers, we adapted to it like it wasn't nothing. Um, things were just going so good. Our granddad taught us different things. He took us doing it on the weekends. He'd get us up and we would go ride with him to... Um, what it was, it was a Builder Square at the time. We used to go to Builder Square or Home Depot and we would go and get stuff. And he'll say, y'all, we're going to, I'm going to teach y'all how to make this. I'm going to teach y'all how to make that. So I remember he taught us how to make kites um, with garbage bags, some screen that he bought from Builder Square or Home Depot and these little these little sticks, but round sticks. They were like little skinny, look like little skinny pool sticks. Well, not the pool sticks that you play like pool, like the big tables, like on what they call them, barrels or whatever, how you say it. Not like that with the eight ball and all that. But y'all know like the little pool tables you play like as kids, they have, they're square and they have the pockets and you hit them with the little wooden sticks. It was like those sticks like that, but thinner, um, like pencil thin. He would buy a bunch of those and some screen and he'll buy some garbage bags, the big green garbage bags, and we'll cut them into triangles and stuff. And then we'll he'll show us how to get the sticks and tie the sticks together with the screens and everything so they can be tough. And then how to tie the bag to the sticks and make the kites. And then he would take us to open fields to go fly the kites, either to Piran Park or other places to fly the, to fly the kites. Um... He taught us like he, well, I won't say taught, but he went and he bought this trailer for the lawnmower 
And we set out in the car garage and put that together and everything. Um, he taught me how to change brakes on a car. He came and showed me, like, Ross, come over here so I can show you how to change the brakes on the car. He showed me how to change the brakes on the car. Um, after a while, I start doing everybody in the family's brakes. And they would give me, like, $20, everything, you know, to do their brakes or whatnot. And I was making little money like that. Um, my granddad was just the best, man. He was, my granddad was, like, well-respected, well-known. My granddad was the pastor of the church. My grandmother was the mother of the church. So that's why we was always at church, <laughs> because of them too. Um, then we got this other foster brother. He came um, to stay there and everything. He wasn't supposed to be there that long, but our grandma fell in love with him. So she was like, you know what? I'm going to go get the license because he was a special need child. So like I'm going to go get the license for him so I he can be able to stay because she didn't want to see him go and everything. So then it was end up being four of us there. Um, and he was younger than us and everything. So we had, you know, we just did good things. We went out of state. She took us to Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, we went to church revivals and church getaways and things like that um, up in um, Lakeland, Florida, and up in Charleston. Is Charleston, South Carolina, North Carolina? Whichever one of the Carolina, Charleston is in. And we went there. We went somewhere everywhere, y'all. So we we was able to do things we never been able to do with our mom. Um, and they took very good care of us. Um, when we were staying with our grandmother, my my father's, my biological father, mom, Grandma Jenny Pearl, who I spoke about last episode, um, she used to take us fishing all the time. That was something that I didn't put in. But um, fast forward to this, our granddad would take us fishing all the time in his blue Ford truck. Um, and he got the little um, back cab part over it because they said that if we was, these um, children family said that we was going to ride in the back of that truck, it has to have a roof over it. So he went and bought the roof part to put on the back of the truck and everything. We helped him put that on there. And then so we go fishing, we sit back there. Um, we met our, co- our cousin, um, Stephen. Steve and he, we clicked it off with him. He's same age as us, so we clicked off with him. So he was always there during the summer with us and everything. We would do things like that. Um, and everything was going great. And y'all know the same when they say all good things must come to an end. All good things must come to an end. Um <sighs> I don't know if I should tell this part. Um, Okay, I'll tell this part. I guess I can tell this part. Oh, Lord. All right, so our other foster brother who moved there, 
he came from, he got taken away from his mom. His mom was a prostitute, and um, not only that she was a prostitute, she used to sell him to people as well. Um, so this little boy knew, all he knew was like sex, this kid, and all type of junk. And um, she used to sh- shoot him, like get him, I, I don't know if it's if it's cracking a needle. You don't put cracking a needle. So it's heroin, I guess. But she used to shoot him, get him shots of heroin to get him to go to sleep while she was turning tricks and stuff. And he still had the needle holes in his arms and legs and junk. Um, so we all had to go to a class for him to be able to stay there. All of us had to go to a class. Our grandma, our granddad, me and my brothers, we had to go to a class to learn how to uh, handle somebody in a situation like that. He, he, His mom was on drugs when he was born, so he was a crack baby type thing. And um, he was so annoying. Like he, we, he was like our little brother, but he was so annoying. He was so bad. And we used to like, oh my God, get, get out of our room, leave us alone, da 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 And... I said, I'm going to tell it, so I'm going to tell it, so F it. One day I came out the room, and I was going to the kitchen. I go to the kitchen, and as I'm coming from the kitchen, he comes out of his room, because he ended up getting that room that you go by the kitchen. It was there because one of the other guidelines was he had to have his own room. He couldn't share rooms. Um, That's how DCF said it. It had to be. So um, I'm coming out for getting some drink and going back to the room, and he go, LaRoss, look. And he gets a brush and start poking himself in the butt with it. And he was like, and he was like, this is Tay and this is you. And he had a comb and did the same thing. And I'm like, but if you don't get your little gay self from around me with that junk like that. And I like pushed him. And I went and I told my brothers, y'all probably been wondering whatever happened to CB Dub. Well, nothing happened to it. It's just Q hasn't been on the show. And the whole purpose of the CB Dub commercials was to get underneath her skin. But just want to say, CB Dub ain't going nowhere, baby. CB Dub's still here. And for those of you who are new and don't know what CB Dub is, CB Dub is that refreshment that quenches your thirst. You feel me? CB Dub is that pure, clean, clear bottle of water. You feel me? When you be sitting outside in the hot sun after a hot day, a long hot day of work, and you need something that's going to quench that thirst, you feel me? That gonna go down nice and smooth. You feel me? That gonna revitalize you, regenerate you. Can I even say that? Regenerate you? I don't even know, but I'm gonna say it. Cause with CB Dub, baby, it does everything. You feel me? Clear bottle of water, y'all. Get it everywhere you can find water. You feel me? That great tasting, refreshing. Clear bottle of water. And just remember, just because Q ain't here, don't mean CB Dove ain't here. 
See me does just be chilling back here, relaxing. But um, I'm gonna make sure Q hear this. But let's get back to the show. And thank you guys for listening. CB Dub, baby, we back. Nah, but we ain't go nowhere, so we really ain't back. So CB Dub, we here. There it is. Let's get to the show. Yo, he's out there doing nasty jump and everything. Like, that boy, that boy is nasty. He gay. Like, we gonna go tell grandma. So, we went, told her, grandma, this boy is out here doing gay stuff. And she was like, what? What'd you say? I'm like, he doing gay stuff. Don't never let me hear you say that again in this house. And I was like, but grandma, but he is. She said, what did I say? Don't never let me hear you say that in this house. Now, what is going on? We were like, grandma, but he using cones and brushes and poking himself in the butt, talking about son, that's us. And and we're like, that's so gay. And she said, what did I say? She said, know what? Go on, you on timeout. Y'all going on timeout after this. And we like, how we get into trouble and he the one doing doing nasty jump and everything. And like I said, my grandmother was church going people, so like that somebody gay stuff is like, no, that wasn't that wasn't happening, jump. So I didn't understand. We didn't understand why she was getting so upset with us for saying it. And then my granddad like explained it to us why she was getting upset about it. And everything. But he was like, don't worry. Just let Betty handle it. She'll get it. She'll get better. So she came up. She said, I don't want to never hear y'all say nothing like that at y'all mouth again. She was like, um, I'll talk to him. But whatever goes on with that, I don't want to hear y'all saying nobody gay. I don't want to hear y'all saying none of that. She was like, um, now, don't let me hear y'all say this again. All right, Grandma, we won't. Boom. He did it again. We went, Grandma, he's doing it again with the cones and stuff. He's doing what? He's poke, He's like poking himself in the butt with the comb and the brush. So she was like, y'all still talking about that? You know what? I told y'all about that. I'm like, you know what? I told my brother, you know what? We just ain't going to say nothing. When he do it, we just going to push him away from where if he come our room with that jump, we're going to push him out of our room, lock him out of our room. He ain't fit to come around us for that. So, one night, me, 14-year-old, now y'all to understand this, 14-year-old me, I'm not thinking like an adult or none of this. And the reason why I'm telling you is because I just want to give y'all some insight on where my mind was at this time. So, our cousin, Steven, was over, and I was like, yo, you should see this little boy. This boy be doing the gayest junk, and grandma be getting mad at us, and he doing the gay stuff. And he was like, what you talking about? I say, he be, like, poking himself with brooms and, and, I mean, not brooms, I'm sorry, with brushes and combs, and then he be saying to people that, that, that he'll, like, say, oh, this is you, and then he'll start laughing and run off and everything. And he was like, no, no, he ain't doing that. He I said, yes, he is. So I was like, watch this, watch this. So I was like, hey, here. I went and I picked up the brush and the comb. And then I was like, who is this? And he was like, eh. And he was like, this is Steven. And he like started poking himself in the butt with it. And then he was like, and this is Tate. And he started, 
And we were like, oh, oh, man, get your little gay butt back in your room. We all laughed and joking. I said, I told you, I told you, if you're doing that little gay job, right? So Sunday come, we get ready to go to church. My grandma was like, she used to call our granddad. She'll say, daddy. She'll say, um, daddy's going to be, since he's going to be giving the service today, he's going to stay home and drive his truck, and he's going to stay home and get ready for the survey. He's going to go over his stuff. So everybody's going to ride with me since daddy ain't leaving right now. So we like, okay, so she had a van. She had, like, my granddad had a truck and a, um, and a car, which was his baby. It was a Jaguar. And my grandma had a van and an Infinity car, Infinity Q45. We'll never forget it, gold. Um, and she was like, so we all going to just get in here. So we all get in the car and then she was like, um, so we're like, he's not sitting in our lap. So we're like, nope, I'm sitting in my lap. I'm sitting in my lap. Uh-uh. I'm sitting in my... So then the Tay was like, you know what? I don't care. He can sit in my lap. We're, we just going to church. Like, all right, now Tay, telling you, you know how he is. And he was like, and if he says something gay, I don't care if grandma get mad. I'm going to say something to grandma about it. Um, so we were like, all right, no problem. So we go on, we get in West Carolina, we get in the car, we close the door, we pulling off. Charles started laughing. <laughs> and then he like got his finger and started poking his butt. And he was like, Tay, Tay, this you, this you. <laughs> he was like, hey, get off me with that gay stuff. So my grandma said, what? And she stopped the car. And he was like, grandma, he being gay. Like, he been gay, like, for real, grandma, you getting mad at us, but he being gay, he up here poking himself in the butt, and then talking about some tate as me, and she say, he did what? And say, so she say, show me what you did, and he didn't want to do it, say, show me what, he, what you did, and then he did it, and then she was like, and why do you say that that's tate? He say, because it is, it was like, oh, one, one is LaRosse, one is Tay, one is Peanut, even if she like, what? You know what? We ain't going to church today. She turned the, the van around. We go back home. She go, she say, y'all go in y'all room. I'm finna call y'all uncles over here, Wendell and um Pat. All right, no problem. Boom, get over there. We finna go talk to him in the room. Y'all go in the room, we gonna come talk to y'all. No problem. Go in there. She call, she call um, me, they call me out first. Talked to me, told her what he said, sent me back in the room. Called my brothers, told them, sent us back in the room. All of us telling each other what they was talking to us about. They wanted to know what's going on and something happening. Why is he saying that is that? So I said, look, y'all. No matter what happened, just say that y'all didn't know nothing about it. And I was the only one that knew something about it. And... Let me talk to him. Whatever happened to me happened. My brother then was like, no, 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 because it's on him. He need to leave. He need to leave. I say, no. Do y'all want to leave for being with grandma now? Because that's what they're going to do. They're going to make us have to leave. And I was like, do y'all want us to leave? Y'all want to leave? I was like, if they make me leave, then that's just me. But at least Peanut, you and Tay can be together. And they was like, LaRose, no, no. I say, come on, y'all. Just know. Like, mama said I was to take care of y'all, so let me take care of y'all. Like, let me handle it. 
So they was like, okay, so they don't say no, they don't know nothing about it. So they went, they say, so do y'all know something about it? Had all three of us. Y'all know something about this going on? Peter and the table was like, no, we don't know, no. And I was like, yeah, I know. I say, all right, guys, I need y'all to do something for me that won't cost you one dime, not even one penny. And that's hit that subscribe button. Help your boy out. Help the podcast out. All right, let's get back to the show. He do it all the time. And I said something to grandma before, and y'all never do nothing about it. Grandma never do nothing about it. She get mad at us and tell us not to say stuff like that and everything. Say, so what is, why is he saying that these things are y'all? Uh, was y'all did y'all do anything to him to make sense? I said, no. And then it was like, no, I said, no. And I was like, well, the night we were, we were playing, like playing around with him. And I gave him a comb. I gave him the comb and the brush. And I asked him, who was it? And he was like saying, saying names. And we were laughing and joking and stuff. But other than that, no. And they were like, well, why would you give it to him if you say that's what he be doing with it? And I was like, we was just playing. We was just playing. And they were like, did you do it to him? And I'm like, no. I gave him the stuff. And they're like, I said, so you can even ask Stephen, because my uncle, it was his son. I like, you can ask him, he'll tell you. I all I did is gave it to him. They were like, you know what? We're gonna have to call the police on this. Call the police, a detective come. Detective talk to everybody in the house. I still told my brother them, don't say nothing, don't say nothing. I said, and let them just keep grilling me about it. And my brother them was like, okay, okay. okay. This is and that. So they talked to them, talked to everybody. Then they talked to um, our foster brother. Then they talked to me. Then they said, we have to wait until uh, um, some type of person from the from the police, police station to come and talk to us. So the lady comes. She asks me questions. She's like, oh, so can you tell me everything that happened? All the times that you see him do stuff, things like that. So I start telling her. And she's like, but why did you take it to him um, last night? Why did you take that to him? I said, because I was trying to show my cousin that we wasn't lying, that he be doing that stuff. All you have to do, all he have to do is just have a brush and a comb and he do it. And I just gave it to him so he can see. And it was, she was like, but why? Why did, did you know? Is this something that always been happening? And like, no, he does this on his own. So they told my grandma and my grandfather, look, we have to figure out what went on. So um, we're going to go, we're going to investigate them. We'll have a um, therapist come and talk to them and everything. But in the meantime, there's nothing we can do right now because... You know, you know, he's saying that he just gave him the brushes and stuff last night. That was the first time that he was doing stuff like that before. And then by him, they don't want to talk to him too much about it and confuse him. So they wanted to wait until a therapist come. So it was like, okay. So she, my grandma was like, so what about Ross? What's going to happen with Ross? And we're like, oh, no, we're not going to do nothing. We're just, once the therapist come and talk to another, we'll make a decision. And she was like, uh-uh, like, I have other grandkids. Like, these ain't the only four grandkids I have. I have other grandkids that come here 
and things like that. My daughters bring their kids over, and I don't want them to feel uncomfortable and everything, so Ross going to have to go. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, Grandma, please, please don't make me go. Don't make me leave. Don't make me leave. I'm telling you, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. And I just, it was just that one time last night I gave it to him. And she was like, she was like, no, but you don't have to go because this is, and I'm like, Grandma, please, please, please. And she was like, if the lady trying to say that it wasn't nothing, I'll talk to, to the um, therapist, then y'all will be able to come back. So, boom, they take me away. And they send me to this place called The Bridge. And The Bridge was full. The Bridge said it was going to be full. They wasn't going to have a spot open for about another week. And that was The Bridge in Miami. It was two bridges. One in Miami, up in the city, downtown Miami, and one of them down south in South Miami in Homestead. And... The one they took me to in the city, it was packed. They said, well, I have a space open until um, later that week. So I had to go to juvenile detention center until they found a place for me to go because I was 14 years old. Like, until, they find, until I found a place for me to go, I'm going to have to go there. So they took me to the juvenile and everything. I stayed there like three days. And then they took me to the bridge, but the one in Homestead, because a spot came open. And the bridge is for a place for like runaways, um, kids that's in, teenager, teenage kids that are in foster care. And um, they don't have a home that's willing to take kids that age. And then like, like I say, runaways and kids who's in the system that's too old to for them to find a place to stay, for them to find them a place to live. And they took me to the bridge. And yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. Um, I gave y'all some information that I said I wasn't going to give in this thing. I had told myself ahead of time I wasn't. But I did either way. And then um, the names, the, I'm going I'm, to I'm take the name out of my foster brother um, because I don't know if he want this story told. So I'm taking that, they're taking the name out. Um, that's why I'm not saying his name on purpose. Um, but yeah, took us away and well, took me away and I left. So, and I'm going to lead this to that. So when I come back on the next episode, it's going to be the whole Miller saga. This is the becoming Miller, this net is gonna be the coming Miller part. Um, going from the time I was from starting from the time that I was in um the bridge. All right, I do also want to say this to everybody. Um, happy holidays to everybody out there celebrating all the different holidays that um we celebrate this time of year. 
Um, me myself, I'm Christian, so we celebrate Christmas. Um, and so I just want you know, we I know we have Kwanzaa out there, we have Hanukkah out there, we have a lot of other uh, holidays out there. So everybody, I know by the time you guys hear this one, um, what this come out the day after Christmas. So yeah, the twenty sixth, because Christmas is on a Saturday. So yeah, so you guys to hear this afterwards. So um, but merry belated Christmas to the ones who celebrate Christmas, and happy holidays to everyone else. Um, I hope everybody is doing well. Hope everybody is ready for the New Year's. And I like to once again thanks thank everybody for just sticking around and making this podcast be as successful as it been these last couple of months. Um, so thank you guys so much. And, uh, like I said, I'm gonna leave it with that. So until next time, y'all be safe, be smart, be alert, and always keep loving. And if nobody else told you that they love you today, just remember that I love you. And that's the truth. But until next time, we'll, you know, I almost messed up the 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 outro, but until next time, this be your boy Miller, aka Miller the One, and your girl Q, aka Qlicious, and we out. See y'all on the next side. Peace. Cause my niggas, I stay bulletproof. Bulletproof. Wait, hold on, tell me what got into you? Into you? I search around the room like where you? Where you? Friend, don't step to me, I'm like who you? Who you? 